I'm Dexter, I'm your host for this episode of Surrey Voices. I work at Surrey Choices as the Positive Choices Coordinator. For those who don't know, Surrey Choices is an organisation which provides support for people with disabilities, mental health issues, sensory needs and more. You can find out about that in our show notes. Today we're talking about wheelchairs. I'm a wheelchair user and I've had cerebral palsy and I've used a wheelchair since I was think about seven or eight I'm not quite sure I started off in a manual chair then I moved to try now use an electric chair but I see my chair as like my legs so it, it gives me that independence to move around and do what I want to so recently wheelchairs have made national news with some stories of wheelchair users struggling to use public transport you might have heard about Chris Nicholson who is an athlete who uses a wheelchair he found himself stranded in Milton Keynes train station and unable to cross over to another platform because the lifts were broken. When the train staff explained they couldn't help him because of health and safety, Chris dragged himself up the stairs. He told Good Morning Britain all about it. I didn't know actually what was happening. I got told to wait uh, on the platform where I got off the train and I was waiting there for probably about 20 minutes until I actually started to think, right, well, people are starting to move, they're moving across to another platform, what am I doing here? So we, I went and spoke to security, I went and spoke to the train platform organisers, asked what was going on, they said that they organised another train from platform one, but the lift was out, there was no accessible toilets, there was no means to get water or any food, and given it was the hottest day of the year, you would have hoped that shops and uh, amenities would have been open and sufficient for everybody. If staff had been trained to help people with uh, different abilities, had EVAC chairs readily available, and actually had a working lift, because that lift had been down for seven days, according to the security guard there, and it's still not fixed. Then there was BBC journalist Frank Gardner, who found himself at the back of a plane after coming back from NATO, a summit in Spain. There was no staff at Gatwick Airport to help him get off the plane. He used Twitter saying, just why are UK airports so consistently rubbish at getting disabled people off planes? Sadly, this experience is not uncommon. This summer, an 82-year-old man needed help at Gatwick, got fed up of waiting and decided to use the escalators and sadly fell and died from his injuries. To rub salt in the the wound, there is a TikTok trend where people are pretending to be disabled and using airports wheelchairs to skip lines and board faster. How about that? I mean, that is something that really, really annoys me because um, being a person who is a wheelchair user themselves and has a genuine disability, it is very, very frustrating. So, in today's Choices Voices, we're going to find out how people at Surrey Choices who have a range of disabilities or special needs feel about that. We are also talking to Matthew, Bobby and Tom about their experiences using wheelchairs. But first, Tash got in touch with Adam after hearing last month's episode, and guess what? She did the of E2. So, hi Natasha, how's it going? It's going fine. How are you? I'm great. So you heard the podcast about the Duke of Edinburgh Award and it turns out that you did it. Is that right? I did it in 1993 to 1996. Oh, so three years. Yeah. You must have done quite a lot during that time. I did. You had to do like a, a service, a physical service, 
a skill and a, I can't remember the next one. Um, so for my skill, I chose to do knitting and I made a doll. I can't remember what I did for my service, but I know I did ice skating for my physical. Cool. And my swimming was one of them as well. Did you have to do the kind of out in the woods camping and trekking? Yes. Hmm. I thoroughly hated it. Why? Because that was the first time I'd been away properly on my own without mum and dad and meeting these new people that I don't I hadn't known very well. Mm. So we'd stayed out one night and I remember screaming blue murder and I was just, just overly hot. But uh, when I'd taken the stuff down and they'd calmed me down, then I was fine. Do you like camping these days or are you still not keen? I don't mind it now. Oh, okay, that's cool. Funny enough, I don't mind it now. So was that the biggest challenge of it? Like, instead yeah. of the actual tasks, it was the just the situation, which was a bigger challenge? Yeah. I don't, I didn't, never been on my own, away on my own before. So going away with, without mum and dad for the first time was a bit scary. But obviously I got used to it as I did the silver and gold. We had a presentation at the end and they would uh, present you with your certificate and a little badge. Then um, they would ask you if you wanted to go on to the silver one or if you wanted to stop. Well, I wanted to progress and go on to the silver one. We had to do like a help in the community. So my friend and I went to some cathedral and we cleaned all the gates. We cleaned all the weeds. That was when I was at work. So I had to take time off work. But then we, we had to do some police work experience we were going to a incident and dad was going to come on his way to pick me up so I said to the policeman oh that's my dad in front of us so the blue sirens came on and I pulled dad over in the police car so obviously he thought what have I done what have I done he checked everything and there I was with a big smile on my face saying look I just pulled you over dad and it was all just because the policeman didn't want dad to go all the way to Woking because we were going straight somewhere else and he would have been waiting for a while (laughs) he never let that story go and was it much harder on when you when you got around to the gold no I didn't find it harder with the gold I suppose it's because I I was used to it and I knew what I was expecting right then we got invited to Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. and um, I was awarded my Gold Duke of Edinburgh certificate and a medal by Christopher Bingham's. Cool. Well, that's a pretty good day. Bit of recognition yeah. from the royalty. I don't know who yeah. Christopher Bingham is, but Buckingham Palace, um, I've heard of that. That's where the Queen is, isn't it? <laughs> right. We went into uh, no. the garden party. Yeah. Oh. What's it like back there? Amazing. Big. No, better. So did you meet the Queen? No. um, I did see uh, the Duke of Edinburgh. Oh, well, that is his award, so that makes sense. Yeah, so he popped up at the, um, popped through the window and, um, yes, I was a bit sad to hear when he passed away. Mm. And that was the end of your Duke of Edinburgh adventure? That was the end of my Duke of Edinburgh adventure. So you did really quite a wide range of things, actually, over these years. Yeah. 
probably learned quite a lot. Whether I remember them now is another thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's all experience, isn't it? Do you think? Yeah. Do you think it was worthwhile? I do think it was worthwhile, yeah. Would you advise other people to do it? Yes, I would say to people, give it a go. Well, Tash, thanks for uh, getting in touch and telling us about it. You're welcome. Anytime. Bye for now. Bye. Uh, well done, Tash, for cruising to the Gold Award at the DLE. Now, Matthew's been a familiar face at Surrey Trusty, but I hadn't met him before. Well, there's a first time for everything, and it turns out we had something in common. Hi, Dexter. Hi. So, uh, Matthew, thanks for um, agreeing to speak to me today. That's okay. About your experiences with being a wheelchair user and how, how you find that. Um, so how, how long have you been a, a wheelchair user? Can you tell me a bit about yourself? Yeah, I, I've... Uh... I suffer with uh, cerebral palsy and okay. and um, I didn't start using a wheelchair till about 2017. Wow. So fairly recent. Okay. So is that a manual chair or is that an electric chair? It's an electric chair. All right. I'm, I use, I'm, I've got cerebral palsy as well and I use an electric wheelchair, but I've, I, was, I, was, I was born with cerebral palsy, so... I've known no, no, nothing different my whole life. Yeah, so I'm, I'm the same. I've had cerebral palsy all my life. Okay. That 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 doesn't change. It's all the difference was where a lot of people, like when I was at school, where a lot of people would run around and walk around, if you like, sort of freely. I had physio every day, and yeah. I had to I had to think about walking, basically. Yeah. A lot of energy, you know, went through that process of concentrating on walking. Yeah. Over so many years, my my disability, my my walking was basically, if you like, the muscles in my legs and the control. My legs were getting a bit weaker, if you like. It's not the it's not necessarily the condition that gets worse, but we all get older. And That's that right. kind of that can affect things. Yeah, you have, you have to try and keep it at bay. You know, you have to try and yeah. try and battle, battle it rather than it battle you. Yeah, that's right. But obviously, I sort of battled through it as long as I could. But it got to the point where I I needed the um, I got a wheelchair just to take some of the strain off, if you like. Because if you if you're walking around all the it's tiring. You know, it's extremely tiring if you're just walking around badly all the time. It's hard work. How are you finding the adjustment to using a wheelchair now? And well, about and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 very difficult. You know, it really is a learning process. You know, <laughs> when you're not, you know, when you're not used to it, it's uh, it was completely a new experience. It's very difficult. Well, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean. Um... How do you find getting around, like on pavements and stuff, and using public transport? That must be difficult. What I've what I've uh, learnt with um, getting around is uh, where I am. It's it's not too bad, generally speaking. But there are a lot of times where there's cars on the pavement. Oh yeah, you know. Half, yeah, half. I know exactly what you mean. So you have to kind of go backwards and <laughs> cross over, and you know, 
Yeah, but then you shouldn't have to do that. That's a public path, you know. You have right of way, you know. It should be parking. I, there, I agree. But... I I agree with you, but it would be yeah. great to change. But unfortunately, yeah. people do it, don't they? Yeah, I mean, no one shares our point of view. But um, I, I've had it before when I've been out somewhere, so that I've. Uh, I have my mobility vehicle, but sometimes I also use taxis to get out and about. And I've had times when people have parked in a uh, disabled base and I, you know, I can't use it. So let's uh, park somewhere else. Yeah. And you challenge them on it and they, they get very confrontational with you. Yeah, that doesn't make it easy, does it? No, no, um, not at all, not at all. It's a very, it's a very difficult thing to cope and deal with. I mean, uh, how do, how do you find being a wheelchair user doing like everyday tasks? Yeah, if, if I go sort of shopping around um, in certain towns, obviously old, older towns are a bit harder, aren't they? Yeah. Places like yeah. Wygate where, you know, some some places they don't have any accessibility, do they? Yeah, some I, mean, yeah I mean, right, Wygate in particular, that used to be terrible getting up those curbs. It was just a nightmare. Yeah, no, Wygate isn't easy. No, it was just, yeah. and you, you get filled with all this, appar- uh, you know, worry and apprehension even before you go somewhere sometimes because you know what you're going to expect, you know, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, you know. So what do you like to do in your in your spare time? Sometimes I pop up London a fair bit and take take photos and things oh, like fantastic. that. fantastic. Oh, great. And the transport and the trains, they're actually not bad. I mean, obviously, you get the odd occasions when things go wrong, but I've not had too much go wrong when I've been up there. So, oh, good. It, as long as you phone up the, uh, you know, the accessible, the the accessibility line, I think. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they they're very good. Yeah, they I help mean, you out. I mean, I think, with it, and also with trains, it just reminded me about trains. I remember when I when I was about uh, oh, I was at school. I must have been uh, 13, 14, 15, something like that. I was doing my what they call travel training, you know. You used to have to sit in the guards van, you know, you used to sit with all the bicycles and, you know, push chairs and Yeah. And that was that was just demoralizing for me. I mean it's still kind of like that now, isn't it, pretty much? There's a bit more space though, and I There's a bit more space. And you can actually I think on most roads they actually sit in the carriage, which is nice. Yeah. So we've gone on holidays. Yeah. Again, it's a bit like with the shops. Some places are harder to find the uh, disability accessible places, if you like. Yeah. Is it, is it the fear of the unknown when you go on a holiday? Because you don't know what you're going to expect. Sometimes there is that there, yeah. Because uh, when you go on a holiday in this country, you, you, have a, you have a semi-idea of what you're going to expect. When you go abroad, you have no idea at all. And you, it's what they call being out of your comfort zone. I, I agree, yeah, yeah, Defin- uh, definitely. Yeah. But, um, do, you, do you go abroad much? I have, I'll be honest with you, I haven't been, ab- I've only been abroad twice in my life, and that was to okay. America, and both times I had a positive experience. That's good. Probably America's one of the most uh, disability-friendly countries in the world. Okay, that's good. I haven't been on holiday that often, but, you know. No, I, I can't say I, I've been abroad too often. I think... It's not, and this is what I try and explain to people. It's not that I don't want to go away. I do, but because I need help, I need to have have, have carers go with me. There's all that extra expense, and there's all the equipment that I need, and it's a bit, 
It's not just me that goes on holiday that makes sense. There's there's me and then there's my equipment. Yeah. And there's people that help me. So if you if you saw me in a vehicle, for example, you think, oh my God, you've got to take all that stuff away with him just so he can have a week's holiday. Yeah. It's not just the case of have I got my passport, have I got my sun cream, have I got my vaccinations done. That's all the all the stuff you've got to do in any case. It's all the extra preparation you have to do beforehand. Yeah. And making sure you thought of absolutely everything. No, that's right, yeah. It's all it's all a lot to think about and cope with, really. Yeah, no, it's, it's not an easy thing, is it, going, going on holiday? It's not an easy thing going on holiday, no. It's, it's, it's a good thing, obviously, it's a, it's a good thing to do. Yeah. But it's, but it's not an easy thing to organise. No, it's not. The preparation time takes just as long as having the holiday itself. <laughs> yeah. Having the yeah. holiday is the fun part. Yeah. After you've had all the stress and all the worry and all the anxiety of what's going to happen before. I'm often looking for like sort of social groups or social events or things like that. Yeah, do you I do mean, much? I do. I do actually. I, I actually go to the, my local gym uh, two times a week. And I find that uh, is a good social place. You get to meet people and they get to, you get to break down social barriers. Yeah, of course. We do stuff like that. And you, they see me working out and they, they come up to me and the first thing they go to me is, oh, how could you do that for so long? Well, I couldn't do that, you know, so you actually, you motivate them and you, you actually do something to them and you show them as well. No, I agree. I, I go to my gym as well. I find it really helpful. I, I really like, I feel like I've achieved something afterwards. Yeah. You know, because it's good for my, it's good for my physical and my mental fitness. Yeah. No, I, I agree. What about other social things? Other social things. Yeah. I, uh, I have, a, I have a, a PA that takes me out. So it helps me go to places like uh, cinema, places like that. Starting about in my mobility car. I like concerts. I like sport. Yeah, that's yeah. no, really good. You know. Uh, I, I do a bit of art myself. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can understand oh, that. I go, yeah. to, I go to art groups. Do you actually drive yourself? I actually don't, I actually don't drive myself. No, I can... I can I can self-drive my wheelchair, but someone has to drive my car for me. Yeah, no, nah, I don't drive either. No, I have um, I have what they call visual perceptual problems. So if I did drive, I would probably end up being really slow, or maybe even having an accident because my reaction time would be too slow. Yeah, that's that's the problem I found with driving. I I tried to drive once, but my my reactions, you know, I wasn't um, I didn't feel confident enough because of my reactions. Exactly, it's one of them things. It's yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it? It is tough, but there's just things. There's just things when you have any form of disability, you just have to try and cope with and and deal with. You know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it's, it's not always easy when you're trying to battle uh, your physical surroundings, but also uh, society on the whole and how they perceive you, what you can and cannot do. Yeah, it's, I find it very mixed. Yeah, me too. Me too. Depending on where you go and who who yeah. it is, it's a very mixed field. Yeah. You know, you'll get people that are just generally nice, and you know, and then yeah. you get some some that kind of and some that are very over over helpful or over friendly. Yeah, when it's they're a like, mi- when they when they're like that, it always gets my back up. Yeah, I'd agree. I agree. Why are you doing this? You know, always the main thing and the best thing is is when you get someone that treats you as you as a person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like uh, the thing that aggravated, started driving around me quite a lot is when I used to go to concerts. So I go to the venue 
and they will prove that I was in a wheelchair. You know, I said, well, you can see I'm in a wheelchair. I'd go with my family, so my dad would give over the letter. And they go, oh, yes, thanks for the proof. And I would always be a bit sarcastic because I'd be a bit annoyed. I'd go, well, oh, I'm going to get out now and do a, do, a, do a dance. Oh, no, I can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> but that was, just, that was just me letting out my frustration. You know, well, you know, anyone that wants to lie about having a disability or, or anything like that, it's just, it's just wrong. Yeah. It, make, it makes our job harder to, to be part and play an active role in society. You need and you want to be able to be you. Of course. And you want people and, to see and, you as you, but to see you, see the, see the, see the, see the, see the uh, person in the wheelchair first and not the, not the chair itself. Yeah, that's right. Because that's, that's what I say is my, my disability is a part of me. It doesn't define me as a person. No, I agree. That's another reason why I do the job that I do. I, I, I like to give back to society because a lot of people are given help and support to me throughout my life and I'm obliged to support people that are less fortunate than myself. You know, but uh, it's taken a long time for social attitudes to change, really. Absolutely. And you can, you can only uh, try and positive, positively influence people's point of view, you know, and try and put your side across. Oh, no, I agree with you. Yeah, you've got to try. Yeah. You, want, you want to try and get the best for yourself and everyone else in the situation, don't you? Of course you, you do, yeah. Of course you do. And so, look... Uh, you know, even though we, we people we, we are people with a range of disabilities, we you know we do like to do what we do, and we have a right to a life and be a part of society and play an active part in our community. And we have feelings, emotions, and opinions and values. You know, yeah, of course, and it's important. You know, but it 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 takes a it takes a long time to get the ball rolling. Once you get the ball rolling and you have that conversation and you open up open up a dialogue, it's really good. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. No, Matt, it's been great talking to you and thanks for your it's time. A bit, it's been really good talking to you as well and it's, you know, it's uh, it's great to learn things Absolutely. someone else, you know. I think yeah. that's one of the most important things we're talking, you know, to yeah, gain experience got... from someone else. And... Yeah, and hearing another person's perspective is really, really good as well and really, really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Thanks a lot. That's all right, no problem. Take care, Dexter. And you. Thanks, Matt, for taking the time to talk to us about your experience. Next, I talk to Bobby, who works with me at Surrey Choices. Bobby is a wheelchair footballer, and I wanted to talk to him about that. But we haven't talked since before COVID, when we began working remotely, so it was a real treat to catch up with him. Have a listen. Hi, Hi, Dexter. Dexter. How are you doing? All right, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I can't believe it's been so long since we've seen each other. Yeah, hey, how long it... I'm trying to think of how long it must have been. It's got to be, got to be nearly three years. Is it three, nearly three years? Must be. Got to be. Got to be. Cool. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is... I know you do, like... What is it? Wheelchair football you do, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. And you've got your... From the conversations we've had, you've got your super-duper chair or what or you did. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. Just, just, just a bit, yeah. So, um, could you tell us a bit more about that uh, and how you got into it? Absolutely, yeah, no problem. So, I've got uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, and it's a muscle wasting disease. So, my muscles will slowly like deteriorate over the years. Um, I was diagnosed with that at five. So, when I was five, I could still run around. Just you could just about see that I couldn't quite move like the other kids. Um, and that's when my mum got me checked. And then 
from then and I went in a wheelchair in year eight at school. So I was about 13. Um, that was the first time I actually officially went in the wheelchair. I could still walk at that point, but I was very wobbly and secondary school being wobbly was a tough one because get knocked over and in the crowd of the hustle and bustle as you see, you know. Um, so I went in the wheelchair when I was 13 and then that's it really. And I've just kind of got to where I am now. Um, and then my arms are weaker than they were. And yeah, but it's kind of, and I've got like, you know, different medications for, because obviously all of your organs and muscles. And um, so it kind of takes its toll on everything. Um, but yeah, I think when I was younger, I struggled with seeing, especially that's when I went in the wheelchair, seeing my friends off playing sports and that kind of thing was tough. But I got through that. And then now, um, yeah, I just don't really think about it anymore. It's just part of my life. You get used to it. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the story. And then hopefully they'll, they're researching different treatments and stuff. So we never know. It's the Power Chair Cup final as Aspire and Northern Thunder make their way out onto the pitch. Gosh, how long have I been playing for now? I'm a bit old now. I was 30 the other day. Um, I started, I've been playing about 15 years. Um, originally, I was playing like a, there was a wheelchair, wheelchair cricket that I was doing. And a guy was there and mentioned something about wheelchair football. And I heard it. I was like, right, I need to get there because I love football. Um, yeah. And then... I just went down in my day chair and they put a tyre on the front and then you just drive into the ball. Wow. I went there for a couple of weeks and then they asked me to go and be part of their team. Yeah. Um, and, and from then on, I've been, yeah, every, how many, about six times a year, we go for a weekend and play. That's matches. what I remember you telling me that. Yeah. yeah. So we have a national league that we play in and it started off as a bit of fun and now it's like a really highly competitive Right, um, thing, but it's gone. Yeah, I love being part of it. Laying it off to Samuel Smith and Bolding doing enough to divert the ball behind. It's all electric wheelchairs, and I've got a wheelchair called a Strike Force, which I think I managed to get money raised for it. I think it was seven thousand it cost, um, and it's just got a big cage around it. And yeah, it's a bit, it's a proper bit of kit, that's for sure. They, there's only it's only four sides. There's the goalkeeper and then the three out outfield players. Um, and you kind of some people are mainly built. The person that plays in the middle of the part, they're the one in control. That's often the captain, and and then you have the wider two wider players that are more of the attacking or strikers, wingers, whatever you want to call them, really. Um, but yeah, so there's kind of everyone can kind of play anywhere, but there's obviously certain players that are better at different things. Um, like I've played, I played in goal for a little, a little while for my team. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I could play anywhere, to be honest. He's got away from Bolding here. And he's in on goal, looking to take it past Bobby Williams. But he was ready to snuff out the danger. The players that really stand out are the people that have really good control of their wheelchair. Because these new chairs, when they're maxed out, they're crazy to control. They spin really fast. They revert. And you've got to kind of takes a lot of time and practice to really be in control of the chair because yeah. um, the way you pass the ball you spin the chair into the ball so it kind of hits it and there's a couple of players that are more severely disabled than you would think and they are con chair control where they they practice three four times a week they've got to a point now where they can just it almost just they just flow with the ball and um 
pretty impressive. But yeah, that's kind of what your practice is. Because you can hit, anyone can hit the ball. It's just controlling where it goes. You want to try and pass to your teammates and be able to shoot. Um, but you need to be able to control your chair pretty well to be able to do that, like, accurately anyway. Hodgson playing it down the line. And it's into the danger zone. And bowling! And John Bowling strikes first in this final. The captain leading by example. There's specific football wheelchairs that they make now. But there's certain, yeah, there's, the length of the bumper has to be a certain length. And they kind of build the chairs specifically for it. But if you can't afford to go out and get one of those or get the funding, then you can adapt your own chair as long as like a little bit like Formula One. Everyone has the same kind of thing that you, you know, yeah. you, can, you can have your chair a little bit longer if you want. And there's some people that play in goal that have an extra long bumper. The, right. Yeah, we don't know if we are happy with that rule, but that's the rule that's there. So you can own, you can push it a little bit. And then when it comes to disabilities wise, they have a classification system. Um, so if somebody that is got full upper body strength, they're not allowed to play because they say they can play like in a manual chair sport. So yeah. if you're a PF1, that means you're more, your disability is more severe and you, you can't look behind you as such. And then if you're more able, you're a PF2. And the rules are you have to have two PF2s and two PF1s on the pitch at the same time. So you can't just have your four strongest players on the pitch at all times. And that's because they're trying to get it in the Paralympics at some point. So they need to have all these systems in place before we can try and get there. And Kitcher looking to launch an attack. Cut out by Smith. And there goes the final whistle. Aspire have avenged their defeat in last year's final to become the champions in 2016. I know, I know from the conversations we've had before that um, it's something you really, really enjoy and you go away with your friends, don't you? Yeah, yeah. There's obviously my teammates are all really good friends. We stay yeah. in the same hotel. Um, and I have, yeah, my friend, I've got a couple, a couple of friends of mine and my cousins, they'll come as my carer. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, they're happy to help out and stuff. But it's nice yeah. to go away with yeah. my a really good mate. With someone you trust and someone you can, when you're in that uh, type of situation, someone you feel comfortable with. Yeah, I have to teach them how to like help me yeah, and stuff. Get a bit rough and just throw me around a bit. <laughs> yeah, for me, that's always a bit of the, the bit I'm worried about the most is the environment I'm going to and have someone there that I know that I feel comfortable with, someone that I know I can trust. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I also love sport. So, you know, I'm a big football fan, as you know. And I yeah. love going to football. And I love supporting my team. And, I love, you know, I, I love just going for the crack of it, you know, or the enjoyment of it, I should say. Um, whether we win, lose or draw. But, you know, just being in the atmosphere. Yeah, of course. And being part of the crowd. Just being a normal a normal football fan. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. So it's, it's I think it's something that's really important to a lot of people, whether... It'd be sport, music, or whatever it is. You need that. Uh, you need a um, form of escapism. You know. Absolutely. I, I don't know what I would have done without playing football. Now, just because there's always yeah, like it's about six or seven weekends in the year, and I look forward to them. Like, and we train every week, and like I look going away for the. We go away for two nights, play all our play. Like how many matches do we play? Like five matches. Yeah. Um, league, and I just look. For, I love the week, a whole weekend, the whole atmosphere, all of it. Just, yeah, I've been the best times of my life, really. 
I'm even though I'm getting to the point where I don't know how much longer I'll play for. I don't know what I'll do. I have to find something new. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but you've done 15 years. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's not bad going. I'm, I'm not ready to stop yet. So no, you'll keep, you'll keep going until your body tells you no. Yeah, I was going to say I'm in my physical prime, but you know it's a bit different for <laughs> <than> me. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But um, yeah, it's, it's been nice. Uh, it's been it's been great chatting to you, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was ages. It's been, oh, it's been absolutely ages. Oh, yeah. You yeah. your van, Super Duper van, I don't know. Yeah, so we've got a newer one now, so I'm trying to think since I last saw the new one. Finally, sometimes people have to use a wheelchair because of an injury. Tom told Adam about what it's like to be a temporary wheelchair user. Hi, Tom. Hi, uh. So this month we're talking about all things wheelchairs. And you've recently become a wheelchair user, but it's just from time to time, is that right? Yeah, um, every so often when I need to cover the distance of a few hundred metres, I will use a wheelchair. So what led you to be in this kind of situation? Are you happy to talk about that? Yeah, I have a chronic problem with my calf muscle and it stops me being able to walk for more than about 200 metres. So I can move around my house okay, but I just can't cover long, longer distances than that. Right. So how often do you end up using a wheelchair? I'd say about once every once a week, once every two weeks. I try to avoid using it, really. Ah. Uh, so what, what's the reason for wanting to avoid using it? I don't like being, because I have to be pushed in it, because I, don't, um, I can't use my uh, shoulder because I have a shoulder problem. And I've injured my shoulder before trying to push myself in the wheelchair. So uh, I can't, if I could push myself, it would be better because I'd feel more uh, able to, to do what I want to do and more in control and less dependent. But being pushed makes me feel dependent and I just feel bad. And it also reminds me of my leg problem and what I can't do. Whereas when I'm at home, mooching around the house I can forget that I have a leg problem a lot of the time so have you found that once you, you start using the wheelchair do you kind of see the landscape differently than before slightly yeah so um, I noticed that when I'm going along the pavement I might notice where where the dips are um, where you can go down I would need those dips to get across the road. Um, but also because um, the dips mean that the whole pavement is slanted at that point, for example, where a driveway of a house comes out. Um, if I'm being pushed or if I'm pushing myself, that would actually make it difficult to go down the pavement because it really takes you off course. So being pushed or pushing yourself, that actually makes it more difficult, the fact there are drive driveways along the road and in a suburban area. And I also notice, yeah, things like steps a bit more, the size of lifts, things like that. So, yeah, some places to park the vehicle, uh, things like that. Yeah, and like in some places where you have, like, instead of a ramp, you've got like one of those stair lifts. Yeah, yeah. In one place I went to in a cinema, they had a stair lift. But, for example, I would, I would have felt very self-conscious you know, and just to go up about five steps. Also, I think maybe because of 
my age as well. Like I feel like I shouldn't need one. I don't know. It's not very rational, but it's just how I feel. Yeah, yeah. And do you do you feel like you know looking around with this new way of seeing? Do you think our towns are kind of geared up for wheelchair users? It's hard for me to say because of my limited use of of wheelchairs. Um, there haven't been too many places where I found it. There have been I've been real barriers there, but I think that a regular a daily wheelchair user would definitely find some. It's it would be impossible for there not to be any kind of problems at all, just because of towns and and buildings are not designed for people using wheelchairs. So um yeah, generally speaking, I, I don't like the wheelchair and I'd rather not use it at all. Um, that's why I avoid using it and just stay at home quite a lot. But yeah, it has changed the way that I see facilities and things like that. And it's made me feel, I understand a bit more. If if someone has to use a wheelchair every day, I could imagine that that does give you a different perspective on things. Well, thanks for talking to us, Tom. No probs. Bye for now. So Dexter, we've talked to three different people in very different situations. What did you make of it all? I think I've learned a lot about myself. I think I've learned a lot about different ways people um, use wheelchairs in their everyday life and the difficulties they have. Um, I've been through many many of the um, difficulties and experiences myself and some I've never been through. So it's really um, eye-opening and really interesting to catch up with people uh, similar to myself and share experiences and share um, different points of view. It's time for Choices Voices. This month, Kerry wondered what people at Surrey Choices made of the news that some people on TikTok have been suggesting a travel hack to get through airports faster. Just fake a disability and use a wheelchair. Well, what do we think about that? I'm Yandel, has spina bifida and hydrolipasis. And I met up with her, and this is what she said. I think it is disgusting, someone who would do that, and I hope they didn't get on the plane first, as disabled people in wheelchair in this country always have to get on planes last, which is very embarrassing. I think people who work on planes should have to use an aisle chair at least once when they do their training, when the plane is full of people, so they know what it feels like. For me, well, to the airport is really fine because even though I have my own wheelchair and they have their own wheelchair, it's like they don't wear anything. That feels really, really bad because people with disabilities will just have the right to stand up as a normal person. So, we can be any different, any different, because we are disabled, but we can still be like the normal people. Well, sometimes I'm walking, sometimes I'm in the wheelchair, so it, it varies. I have to wear a leg splint every day. I bet, I bet it's like 20 years behind bars of faking a disability. <laughs> okay, that's a bit much. I, I would say life imprisonment. <laughs> okay, that's a bit much as well. Uh, I think, to be honest, it's disgusting and really sad 
uh, reflection of society that people will do this uh, to jump a queue uh, when it takes the resources away from uh, people that are truly disabled. Well, for UK, for UK, it's a joke. It it doesn't actually care about its dis- disabled citizens. All it cares about is reality television, a backward society, and character comedians. It's famous for its reality television rather than its disability inclusion and representation. Hannah Deacon, who is a wheelchair user, and this is what she said: "I have heard about this." I think this is a, I think it is a shame for what people are coming to. I think what this guy is doing by using a wheelchair to queue skips is insulting to wheelchair users. Many wheelchair users have been left on planes for hours once landing at their destination, and it is a shame we can't make this guy and others using this trick wait at their destination, as then they may think twice about doing it again. Yeah, it would be a bit of a extreme length to go to to skip a queue. It's because then you've got a wheelchair, you've got a new problem, you've got this big thing to carry around. It's got to be parked on the plane or whatever. You've got new, you know, possibly even bigger fish to fry. It's doing it for likes and clout on YouTube, and the, it's an offense. It's offensive and insulting to disabled people. It's also ignorance, you know, that they don't really understand that there are people that are there to help disabled people and all you're doing is taking away those resources. I suppose the other thing to say is, you know, they won't be sitting there waiting at the other end um, for the wheelchair support services to come and pick them up and be the last off the plane and, you know, the last to go through. So I, I just, yeah, I think it's a very sad reflection on those in society that have no uh no care or thought for others um it's all just about them and uh how quickly they can get on with their own lives we need to stop people from pretending to be disabilities especially hip-hop because hip-hop should not be doing that and for our self-advocates we need to make everyone aware that this is not on and people really need to know what is there, what is done and also how we can deal with it. My opinion, don't use my people's equipment to fake a disability. It's not cool, it's not nice and it's stupid. And for my part, I think I've had experience of this myself. I've been abroad at an airport, you know, and people, people, um, for some reason, they think you're faking having a disability when you actually have one. And it's really, really frustrating. And they can't understand why you get to go to the front of the queue or get to board the plane first. And it's really, really aggravating. And sort of, um, but to, to do it as a, as a, as a hack or something like that. It doesn't make no sense to me. Why would you do that? What what would make you think I'm gonna I'm gonna um impersonate and um make people that have genuine disabilities through no fault of their own, you know, either either look bad or, or, or make make myself be like that if I don't need to be. There's no there's no point. There's no point. It just makes it just makes us all all of, all of us that try really hard 
to to live and cope and um, deal with our disabilities on a daily basis and what what life challenges us to do and and fight the perception of what society has for people with disabilities even harder. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really frustrating. If you have a question for people at Sorry Choices, you can email choiceswaves at sorrychoices.com. That's all from me. I've really enjoyed being part of the podcast and I hope to take part again really soon. Finally, to play us out, let's listen to what's been going on at Choices Waves, our in-house radio station. Take it away. Yes, absolutely. Choices Waves. Digital voice of sorry choices. We had got stuff mama the holiday. Love actually a lot lot more. I am DJ Pop. I have English woman she's drumming in five horses. Yeah. Uh, the next record is Hands Up. The next song is In the Club by 50 Cent. <laughs> Beach Boys Surfing USA. Ladies and gentlemen, Joyce's Waves proudly presents to you the really ridiculous radio show. Can I do the beginning of that line again? Now for the Will Smith Slapgate update. Will Smith has posted an emotional video to his social channels. This song is for Ronaldo. It's Baby Combat by you being 14. YMCA by Millions. This is DJ Lander. This is DJ Rob. And I will see you all next week. And I will see you next week as well. Choices Waves. Thanks for listening to Sorry Voices. If you'd like to email us, the email address is choiceswaves at sorrychoices.com. Suggest a theme or just ask a question about disability or just come and join us on the podcast. Many thanks today to Bobby, Matthew and Tom for sharing their experiences. Thank you also to Natasha Hall for recording our Choices Voices section this month and reading the answers on behalf of Sam and Hannah. I've been your host, Dexter James, and until next time, take care.